0: back to Cover Stories. Today uh we have Kat Trujillo covering Selena's c si Una Vez. What's up?
1: Hey, I'm finally here.
0: Yeah, you were one of like the first people on our list, actually, but you're just so busy. I'm, just I'm not saying it's sarcastic. No, you
1: <laughs> <laughs> But I'm excited to be here. No, I've definitely wanted to do it, but I have been busy working and not really focusing on practicing music myself for a long time now. But, um, yeah, I guess I'm trying to change that. These um, calluses developing yeah. <laughs> for this song are saying that I'm trying to change that.
0: The only callus I have now is from playing Tony Hawk on my thumb. Like No <laughs> lie. I'm just like, oh, it's like learning guitar again.
1: Yeah, I guess be good at something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm actually excited it took this long because had you done it the first time, you would have done share. And now you're doing Selena, which I like Cher and it'd be fun to talk about Cher, but I really want to talk about Selena.
1: Yeah, I wanted to do Believe. And then I wanted to do Believe even more uh, when I noticed during the quarantine that like the music video for Believe, she's like standing in a glass box in the club (laughs) and like people are all dancing and she's like contained. It was a very COVID appropriate like music video. So that just made me want to do it. But then, yeah, no, I went through many phases of miley different miley songs that i wanted to do yeah (laughs) before i yeah no i landed on selena because i've been wanting to cover selena songs just in general in life for me in my room um for a long time but they're in spanish and i don't speak spanish much (laughs) like selena (laughs) so yeah no i finally the netflix show came out the season two recently yeah and yeah you asked me you told me you were finally gonna be booking people again i was just like i challenge myself to play guitar and also to um learn all the words in spanish <laughs> to a selena song so yeah
0: i love what you're doing with it and to be quite honest i would be cool to hear a whole like album or a whole set list of you just doing like acoustic covers of selena because nice. i feel like her the, the type of music that she does it just sounds so great stripped down and your voice is perfect for it, I think.
1: Thank you. I heard um, one version of Selena playing um, this, this song, Ciena uh, Ves acoustic, and she sings it in another, uh, well, it's like down, I think, uh, at least like a full step. Um, but yeah, no, it's lower, and they just did it a little bit differently. I admittedly have like limited guitar experience like all self-taught and so I do this weird picking thing I've done it with like a lot of my original songs and I just the way my voice sounds I think it makes me feel comfortable to play that way I'm um, not a loud singer so yeah no I just I I love you know doing my thing and like I do that to a lot of songs, actually. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, even, like, growing up, I don't know if you remember going to parties with me where me and Dom would be, like, changing all these, like, Little Wayne songs into, like, some weird, like, hip-hop, like, acoustic thing. But, like, it was really cool. Um, Yeah, no, and so I knew if I was going to come do this for you, um, I would definitely want to guitar pick a little bit. So, But it ended up being (laughs) the whole song, much like many other times that I have played stuff.
0: Yeah, no, I um. So you're talking about the show. Did you watch all the show?
1: Uh, yeah. No, I watched it really fast so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> within like a day or something.
0: So when they go to Nashville to get "Dreaming for You," the the guy that writes the song, whose name I can't remember, he plays it for her, mm-hmm. and just him and guitar. And mm-hmm. I I just hearing that it was like I've never realized I wanted to hear that, but I wanted to hear that. Like not just that song, but all of her songs and. And I, I was so glad that you picked this because I knew this is how you are going to do it.
1: Yeah, no, that was, like, a really special part of that series and, like, what I love about the series versus the movie in general is that they're just showing so much more of, like, the actual job that she had and all the things that, like, went into that, um, including seeing Nashville songwriters, like, and her selecting songs from them because, you know, that's that's an actual part of the job and that's what Selena brought to it was the, her voice and her character, not just her voice, but her character. Cause a lot of people have voices, but the, her attitude on stage and everything that she could bring to it in general was what set that song apart. Otherwise, I mean, the song was beautiful, but actually was it like compared to like all songs that you've ever heard <laughs> when you heard that guy sing yeah. it. And then when Selena sings it, it's just like completely, you know, I mean, it's amazing. It's not even her best song, in my opinion. It's just her most remembered because it was, you know, after she passed away and J-Lo, ha- you know, so yeah, all of that. the
0: crossoverness of it, too. Accumulated
1: it. I mean, I feel like she wasn't even done recording the crossover album. Yeah. That was, like, one of the first songs that she picked. There's a lot of songs. Not to get all judgy about Selena's <laughs> music, but I'm like, the reason that one I think is so popular is because it's in English and yeah. it was the last one. But, I mean... She has so many great songs. So what, many great songs. What's
0: to your top, or like even top three, if yeah?
1: Mm, hard to say. Um, off the top of my head, I'm gonna say "Soy <laughs> It's yeah. the one I've been listening to the most. But um, "Techno Cumbia." I'm not even gonna try. I was like, am I gonna try to <laughs> rap it right now?
0: That's um, that's that's my brother's number one.
1: Yeah, no, "Techno Cumbia" is probably. My favorite Selena song, actually, um, and I do know some of the words to the rap, and I always try and do <laughs> it, like, by myself, but since I already embarrassed myself singing No, <laughs> not <one>.
0: even. Quite <laughs> but, the opposite.
1: But, but, yeah, no, I, that, and the way they describe that song in the series, they're talking about how um, they were on the corner, like, between two different barrios, like, or, like, between, I I forgot exactly. What, I need to go rewatch it so I can remember this fact for next <laughs> time. But like they were listening to two different competing styles, like of like black and Hispanic music, and so that's what they were trying to achieve when they made that song. Or what AB was trying to achieve was to combine those two different kinds of music. And I love that because that I'm all about that as far as like everything in life right now. Like let's just like combine different styles of music and make new awesome sounds that. And everything gets starts to get monotonous, you know what I mean? Yeah. Every once in a while, I think right now is kind of one of those times for country music. <laughs>
0: for sure, you know it's it's interesting you say that. There is actually an article in Harper's Bazaar by this writer Vanessa Angelica Villarreal, talking about how when people talk about Selena, it's often missed of how much she loved black music, mm-hmm. and she 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 talks about Janet Jackson, or like the character. Jennifer Lopez's portrayal of her talks about how much she loves Janet Jackson. Um, but, you know, she was a big fan of, like, Whitney Houston. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's her name? Watley. Um, Looking for a new love. I forgot her name. Um, but just, like, there was so much influence. She loved Michael Jackson. Donna Summer. She Donna did Summer. that whole yeah.
1: um, disco thing at the Astrodome. Yeah. That's part of, like, her big show wh- because she loved disco so much.
0: For like, sure. I'm
1: sure we're all super glad that she did that because that – if you think about it, like, that's the only other thing besides Dreaming of You that's in English that she did that pe- a lot of people latch on to. Yeah,
0: I mean, she covered, like, Billie Jean, and there, there's a few, there's quite a few, like, if you're going back, and then when you, when you think about it, and you start, like, noticing it, it's everywhere in her influence, and not just her voice, but, and how she sings, but also, I mean, AB's influence, too, just like you were talking about earlier, like, they all grew up on, on pop music and, and, and rock music, you know, and. She's talked about, like, loving ACDC, and I, I think even, like, Guns N' Roses, she was a big fan of of just everything, you know, pop and, and, and rock, and, you know, it, it's so interesting to to, to hear, hear the music again and hear it come out.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like, w- something that surprised me about Selena recently, uh, one of the songs that she covered was Sukiyaki, the Japanese song. Uh, it's, like, a traditional Japanese, like, uh, acoustic song, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but a lot of artists have covered it, and she was one of the ones that did, and I was just thinking about, what an am- I mean, <laughs> fanning over her in my mind while I'm playing the song, like, practicing the song. Like, what an amusing person that she was. Like, what a well-rounded, because she was obsessed with, like, Japanese culture, like yeah. I am also. And she, like, didn't speak Like, all these things. And, I mean, that's why she's such a legend in Texas and now beyond because I feel like so many girls from San Antonio, even boys, can relate to where she's coming from as a Hispanic woman that was pigeonholed into You Must Play to Hano. But she's so much more than that. And, like, this little, like, her wanting to cover a Japanese song, like, just shows me, like, what a badass she was and all the different kinds of things that she liked, you know, and how she brought – she didn't bring that all in necessarily with the words because she didn't write them, but I feel like that's what she was bringing to the stage, like, as a person, was the fact that she represented this this type of person that we are here in Texas. You for know? sure.
0: And, and it's a good point. I mean, we everyone knows about the fact that she didn't speak Spanish and that is a lot of like her generation and, and even our generation and the generation after hers and that our parents would go to school and get punished for speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I can't speak to everybody, but I know a lot of people I've talked to and we didn't learn Spanish as kids because our parents didn't want that, that had that mentality like, Oh, they you should speak English, and that's that's the way it should be, and I feel like she kind of comes from that background as well, and it's like in the movie. I don't even know if this happened in real life, but Edward James almost playing her dad, talking about, like, we're not Mexican enough for the Mexicans. We're not white enough for the white people. We have to find a middle ground, and I think she embodies that, that that, that culture of, of finding who you are and being able to celebrate being American and your you know
1: Latinx roots yeah for sure she's definitely an inspiration that (laughs) I think about that stuff like just being a Hispanic woman in country music which I mean is not completely unheard of or anything at this point but it's also like definitely you know one one in I couldn't even guess yeah (laughs) um but yeah no she She's like amazing and that's why I covered this.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's awesome. I you know, Hispanic women in country, I think Linda Ronstadt was Yeah. Hispanic and
1: nobody knew practically, right? Yeah.
0: I think you told me that actually and Yeah.
1: She was I mean, I read that she was like the highest paid rock star of her time. Like she was like getting paid so much money and making rock music, but like it makes me sad that she recently put out a documentary and I feel like you don't hear anybody talking about it. And I'm just like, is it because they found out she was Hispanic? Like I, cause now people talk about her as a Hispanic icon and I'm like, is that why (laughs) she's no longer like, you know, considered one of the it female, like of back in that time, like Joan Jetter. I don't, but I mean like she wasn't like that, like it was pre that, but it was getting to be that, like it was like a disco pop, rock situation that would influence other females like you know in the 80s to do to do more like that yeah I mean, and for, get more punkier
2: about it i guess
0: <laughs> <laughs> for sure i i think that you know there there is that kind of embodiment there's so many people it's so weird because i i think about a lot of like this was like from an actor's perspective uh i mean everyone talks about um raquel welch and uh and um uh oh my god from West Side Story I can't remember her name Rita. Oh uh,
1: Rita Moreno. Yeah
0: and they were huge and they were celebrated
2: mm-hmm.
0: and to think that their culture is kind of taking a back burner to like who they are is, is it's both like satisfying in the sense that they're being recognized for who they are but also it's kind of it's kind of nice now that people are recognizing them for for their culture and, and as a representation of of like the American dream or what the American dream is supposed to be, especially yeah. back then.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I feel that way about all all those women for sure, and especially Selena. But um yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, um so Ciena Vest is on Amor Probido, mm-hmm. which is the album that I've always associated like as my that's my favorite Selena album. It's the only the only one I'm really like. I know these other singles, but this is the one that, like, my mom listened to in the car. So, yeah. this is the one that always kind of spoke to me. And I remember finding out... I, listening to Fotos y Reque- sí, Recuerros. <laughs> my accent is bad. Um, I don't speak as much Spanish as I should. But uh, Fotos y recuerdos is a cover, essentially, of Back on a Chain Gang by The Pretenders. And I yeah. remember hearing, like, on the radio the pretenders play that song. And I was like, oh, they're covering Selena. And I'm like, oh no, it's the other way around. And it's so interesting because, because like we talked about, you know, AB and her and the whole family were very, had a lot of pop and rock influence and listening to the the other songs and the way they were produced, there is that like seventies, eighties pop rock gloss. It's a Tejano song. It's a uh, Cumbia song, but it's, It's got that gloss. It's got that kind of, like, the way the production value is set up. It just sounds so similar, and it's just so wild to, like, I can't unhear it now.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like, I have a feeling, not knowing any of them personally, but just being around other musicians in the studio, that, like, they were just copying. Because, like, when you go to, like, produce an actual album, which I I haven't actually done that at a higher level, but I've watched artists that I've worked with do that, like, you kind of bring in, like, albums and you ask for, like, an exact copy sort of of the sound. Like, I want it to sound like this. That's what most artists do, you know? So that's what most artists do. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, like, I feel like AB, probably since he was the one recording the music, that he was just trying to make everything sound exactly like what they liked, you know, yeah. at the time. And so that's why you find it, like, sounding like that is because he was just trying to emulate that, I'm sure.
0: And it's, 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 it was also kind of satisfying watching that as someone who has tried to write music in the past and just sound like, Oh, like these, they're icons and they mm-hmm. kind of wrote very similar. Obviously they have more training and are, are much better, and more talented than I am, but it was cool to see that same kind of like, Hey, I want this, like you said, like, I want this to sound like this. So mm-hmm. let's do this and then create our own thing.
1: Yeah, no. And I just, I can't imagine. Well, I mean like their dad. I did. Their dad know how to do studio stuff, like, or did AB teach himself how to do all that stuff, like on the fly, like with books, because it was like pre, like having a computer to Google everything. Like, just like imagine, like he didn't. They definitely couldn't afford for him to go to school. Yeah, and he actually. Though his personal life, uh, I have no comment on. Like, I think he's a genius, honestly, and like uncredited for a lot of Selena's success. Like, and that's why the series is great, is because it shows you just why he, you know, just how he had so much pressure on him to learn how to do that stuff from his dad. Like, but they don't even go into more detail. Like, but actually, how the fuck did you learn this
0: yeah. <laughs> on here? Yeah. Um, how, how, did,
1: how did he learn how to do that? Um, Incredible, just some Hispanic kid like from Jackson, Like Jackson, like Jackson or Corpus Christi, like being at that level where you can notice those kind of similarities to other popular music that had millions of dollars behind the studio, yeah, like of the time. Pretty crazy. Give the guy some credit, right? For know. sure.
0: <laughs> That's the thing. I, I kind of appreciate. I know there's a lot of things about. I, I'm kind of fifty fifty on the show. I enjoyed it for what it was. It's hard to make a show about somebody like Selena and fully satisfy, especially yeah. hearing a lot of stories about the writing room and how there was a lot of uh, problematic things going on in, in the actual behind the scenes in terms of, of you know her legacy and everything. But I do appreciate that we do learn a lot more about him and, and, and Suzette and the whole family in that mm-hmm. sense that like. I mean, we, we can recognize that, but because she has become, you know, a, a deity in that sense that because she died at a young age and because she, you know, had, was on the verge of really becoming something even bigger than she already was, um, it was kind of nice to kind of get these backstories. And even if there's, you know, some, some drama added for entertainment values mm-hmm. or some stuff taken away for time purposes, it yeah, was...
1: Yeah, no, probably more that when yeah. Hispanic person. <laughs> I like that they put that in about her sister Susie and I forgot I I added him on Instagram but I forgot the piano player's name right now who wrote the songs like for Susie that was such a interesting like beautiful little fact for them to throw in what song was it again um,
0: for her was it it wasn't Kamala Flo was it Kamala
1: Fla- no it was the other really dramatic um, ballad. Cause, uh, no make a
0: that's the one yeah
1: no like i was just like whoa i had goosebumps
0: watching that scene
1: yeah i was just like that's pretty crazy and, and
0: where she notices that it's about suzette and he's, yeah. she sees him like reacting and yeah I know all
1: that stuff's real it really <laughs> well got apparently me. it
0: is uh, uh, that part of it at least uh, like I, I did some research and that mm-hmm. he did write that song about suzette and mm-hmm. she was either engaged or already married to bob yeah um but but yeah that whole scene i don't know if that was for dramatic purposes but but it did what it was supposed to do you know yeah
1: for sure but yeah no i feel i guess don't want to make this whole podcast about selena because we could because <laughs> like i mean i i'm super obsessed with selena i went to the museum in corpus and like her dad was there oh like, wow. whenever i was there and um, all of her stuff was there, and it just looked like your uncle's house, you know, and if your uncle, like, had, his daughter, like, passed away, and she was Selena, and, like, he put all her stuff inside yeah. <laughs> in glass cases, so, but, like, you know, you just feel, because of that, because of the fact that, like, it's so, that family's so, they're not um accessible, but they are accessible in the way that when they, you walk into their museum, you feel like, I know who these people are. Like, I'm related to these people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that mixed with everything that they achieved that seems unfathomable, like, what I'm talking about with AB being so talented out of nowhere and Selena just, like, being, like, this character that, like, stepped out, you know, like, something. And, like, that stuff is, like, wow, that could be me. That's what's so amazing about Selena is, like, she made it look like she put all... She put all her cards in front of us, I guess, and like we still wanted it. And also, she's like, you can do it, you know? For Kinda. sure. I don't know if that all made sense, but.
0: No, I, <laughs> I, I, that's, and that's part of her whole, I mean, the fact of her is like being a role model and in her being somebody to, not just like for boys and girls, just mm-hmm. to look up to and, and to, you know, as, as someone from the culture, you know, and someone we can relate to. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so funny because I remember growing up in, there was music that boys listen to music that girls listen to. And I would listen to Selena with my mom. And I, I knew this was like quote unquote girl music, but I also like was okay with it. And my friends at school, it was like one of the few things, like if I went and talked about Britney Spears, I would get laughed at by like my football friends. But if you talk about Selena, it's a little different story. And I think a lot of it is just the fact that she is that person to so many different people. and, and, it's hard to, I think if anybody's ever said anything bad about her, it would just be, they'd be shunned,
1: you oh, know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't believe that lady's still alive in jail, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, yeah, no, for sure. I've, I've been a big fan, like, as long as I can rem- I remember. I remember the first time I ever heard a Selena song. My mom didn't listen to Selena. Long story. Um. My dad knew Selena personally, and my oh. dad's kind of a shitbag, so just oh, <laughs> drama, yeah, yeah. drama. But none, of course, Selena was just nice to my dad. I'm sure she wouldn't give him time of day. But um, I didn't listen to her until my, co- my little cousins, um, who, you know, were from the west side, like, we would go to the flea market and stuff like that. And they, so the west siders, like, introduced me <laughs> to Selena over a jukebox at uh, El Jalisco, Um, like a taqueria like and I just remember bitty bitty bum bum and como la flor like her playing my cousin Brittany back to back um like those songs and just she was dancing we were like I don't know maybe like six or seven pretty young and I just remember because it was the first time I ever um heard music in Spanish that I liked yeah you know what I mean so it was just like a big transforming moment where I keep the picture of the jukebox like in us being standing over it in my head because that's how much I liked Selena. So it was weird. <laughs> yeah, you
0: know, it's, it's funny you because I feel like most people whose family, like whether it be like uncles or, or, or parents or, or grandparents who grew up in South Texas, it's almost like an urban legend where they have a story where like they ran into Selena yeah. or like they saw them, like her and the Los Dinos before like they were big. Like my uncle and aunt said they were at a bar in here in san antonio it was like 1990 maybe Mm -hmm. 91 and they're eating and then some people were coming around like oh like hey there's a band playing we pay a cover Mm -hmm. and they're like okay yeah whatever and then they like they went home and they realized like oh my god that was selena like they Mm -hmm. didn't realize like years later they realized like oh wait that was that band
2: (laughs) yeah yeah they
0: saw selena live in like a bar yeah
1: no my dad and my family as you know, it's Meteor Cafe, mm. and so, like, my family's just worked there for forever, and so that was one of Selena's bars that she used to oh, go cool. to, like, whenever she was in town, which is a lot, so. Yeah. Just, you know, as you can imagine, all the guys who worked there were probably just, like, hanging out till all hours, <laughs> till she left, keeping the bar open for her, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, no, I I love knowing that, too, that she was able to enjoy a place that I frequent very often. Yeah. Um, and I think about that when I'm in the bar. Sometimes I think about her, imagine her sitting there. Sitting where you're sitting right now. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And that's how much crazy girls from Texas love Selena.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I wanted to talk about the song a little bit more in the sense that um, it was written and it was written and produced by A.V., but Pita Studio was uh, the one who actually wrote the lyrics. And he was setting it up for his, like, single but AB convinced him to give it to Selena. And it, the song itself is about a breakup and how he felt about the breakup. Um, it, uh, AB kind of did some convincing. He, let, he told Pete, Selena sang it, and Pete was like, agreed. Like He's like, okay, yeah, this is going to be better for her. And it's just so interesting that we, we hear a lot about, like especially with, with female musicians, when they take these songs that are they're written by other people and they're either written by men or written for men, and it's just so interesting to see the translation, how well it it really translates from a, a, a male perspective to a female perspective. And I think that's the one of just the, the testaments to who she is as as a singer. Mm-hmm. You know, she can really turn that to where, like, I I would have never known that just yeah. listening to the song.
1: No, I mean, like, definitely what we were talking about earlier with her singing that guy's song from Nashville. Singing yeah. That, um, which song was that again? Uh, Dreaming of You. Dreaming of You, yeah. Um. yeah no same thing like she She just can easily turn any song <laughs> into yeah. her song just because of who she is and some artists are just great like that but yeah no that's I didn't think about that yeah
0: and uh, so the song itself I think when they when she took it they kind of changed some of the lyrics around and um, it, apparently it describes a woman feeling regretful of loving a man who does not know what love is she tells him that she regrets ever being with him and that she will never fall for him again and uh, you know it's just it's just so wild to see like the evolution of this song and and where it came from to to what it is now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's definitely a good song for those exact sentiments. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I almost thought about uh, changing the words to English for a second and like challenging myself to do that, but no, it's just too perfect. The way that yeah. It
0: is. I think that the way, I mean, the the intonation and hearing you, it's been a while since I've heard you sing, so it was nice to to hear you sing, Um, but uh, just just the inflection of everything into words, it has to be in Spanish.
1: Yeah, no, I can't roll my R's, so I (laughs) hope that um, if you speak Spanish and you're listening that you understand it, (laughs) but um, yeah, no, and... If I had practiced a million more times like Selena, maybe I wonder if it came easy to her, the rolling the R's thing. I was thinking that. <laughs> but um yeah, no, I I think it's a great song. I really I really love how you know how it's worded in Spanish exactly as it is if you look up the lyrics like translated to English. So didn't want to fuck with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For sure. Um so I uh, I wanted to bring up, because you've worked in the country music industry, uh, a great transition is Casey Musgraves covered Como La Flor at the 2019 uh, Houston mm-hmm. Stock Show and Rodeo. And uh, it was the 24th anniversary of Selena playing there, which was her last big concert mm-hmm. before she died. And uh, I think it's just, it's I like Casey Musgraves, just the sense that, like, who she is as a person, but also uh, how her influences kind of carry through, like, I feel like like you were talking earlier about there's so much there's so much uh influence in country music and in, in, in everything today it's not you can't really you don't really have just this is just country there's pop there's rock in it you know now there's a little bit of hip hop in it you know yeah. um so with with someone like her she definitely wears her influences on her sleeve and to, it was when I heard that she did this I found out she grew up in Texas and Part of me is like, oh wow, like a country singer is covering Selena, and then I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. Like she's from Texas, of course she's covering Selena.
1: Yeah, she carries the Texas brand with her well, and I would say that you could see that Selena is an influence, even if you look at like some of her outfits that she's worn, um, which I appreciate for sure, for sure, as like a starting off being very country like I'm sure she played like all the same places that the artists that I've worked with that played whenever she was first starting out like she started off super country so appreciate everything that she's done to um, make it weird but I guess that's part of the Austin brand that she's bringing with her as well because she makes sure everybody knows she's best friends with Willie Nelson and stuff (laughs) like that you know what I mean and I think that that's really cool because you do need representation of like these cool things happening in Texas that don't often make it all the way into the major label releases once they take a Texas artist yeah. away. You know what I mean? Um, so that's cool that she does that. Cause that's what Selena probably would have done.
0: And It's cool too, because we talked about Selena's influence on, on, you know, Latinx culture, but also her influence on just Texas culture. And she's synonymous with Texas music and, um, you know, there there's a whole little cheesy bit about Beyonce in the Selena series oh, yeah. where when that she was a, little a kid, bit cheesy, right? <laughs> and I found out that was true. Like yeah. she talked about that in an interview where she's like, "Yeah, like I saw her at the Galleria." Now they put a little bit too much, like mm. it was it was too cheesy, but it was also kind of cool that that was real, you know. And then Cardi B talks about how she loves Selena, and mm-hmm. it's just so wild. The it, it's cool that it's one of those things where like Selena has always felt like somebody who was like could have been like my neighbor or, like, my my friend's sister or something. And it's so cool that, like, so, someone so special to to who we are as an identity is also just extrapolated to, like, the rest of the country and is just as influential. influential. Yeah,
1: now. That's crazy, yeah. right? Like, I feel like even, like, five years ago, six years ago when I was in L.A., like, they, like, knew who she was. But when you would have a conversation with them, like somebody who was from L.A. about Selena, like they knew who she was, but they didn't like And I'm talking about my family. Actually, they're su- like they're super Mexican. They're related to me. They knew who she was. They didn't actually know. Like if you talk to them for a minute about it, like they would mispronounce the names of the songs <laughs> or something. And so that was like kind of eye opening, too, because they did know who she was and they were starting to know more and it only from there has taken off to be like this big brand that her sister's running, which I mean, I, I think it's great actually, you know, I think it's great that people are going to continue remembering her and everything that she's done. I don't want it to, and I don't think Selena would want it to either like take away from there being like other, that level Hispanic females. And I often wonder if they might contribute to the fact, I mean, but you have like your Selena Gomez, right, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, like she's not she's more like a mixture of acting and singing than she is like a musician like Selena was, but you know, I don't know, I don't know where well, I just went out drifted no
0: off topic no there. <laughs> that's 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 the fair point, you know, and yeah. I was listening to a podcast about Dreaming of you. And they had a, um, a journalist on talking about that, you know, whether we can really connect the dots or not, it is, it's pretty clear that she opened the floodgates for the whole Latin explosion that happened in the late 90s.
1: For boys, yeah.
0: For, well, not just, but, like, Jennifer Lopez and later Shakita. Uh, I
1: guess I'm thinking strictly Mexican Think, people like Enrique Iglesias. Like yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, and he's a legacy, too, because of his dad, you know, yeah. and, and everything. But, but, yeah, I mean, the fact that, that you know, like Polina Rubio is another example I think of. You yeah. know, I don't know if they would have had the success they had without the root of it coming from Selena's crossover. You know,
1: yeah, for sure. I remember like Ricky Martin. Yeah. Everybody like totally blew up like around right around after that time. But she definitely helped for sure, for sure, for sure. Although they were all singing in English, so I wonder if it would have happened anyways. But that's
0: the point they bring up too, and and you do see that a lot and in fast forward to like 20 years later and like people like bad bunny are like putting out Oh
1: yeah that's something we should talk about because i think that's pretty cool that you go on the top 50 viral hits on spotify and it's just like all like well it's not hispanic it's like well it's latino right yeah latino music in spanish and also a bunch of korean people which is pretty cool like that the u.s isn't dominating those charts completely anymore it makes me think that there's like some label like an old label guys somewhere that (laughs) everybody hates is just they're just like what's happening like (laughs) like, they don't know how to control it because it's like i'm sure that's not what they want it to sound like
0: it's interesting i I think that i would have never thought like especially like with despacito you know um despacito 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 yo siento no i just know that (laughs) word (laughs) But um I was going to say pero uh but uh you know like just like that song being so huge and being a crossover hit but also Bad Bunny performing on SNL and singing in Spanish and no one really like blinking about it you know it's just that's just what it was you know it it, is, it was such a big deal but also not a big deal and that's what makes it a big deal is the fact that this is becoming a lot more Accepted I hate to use that word because it should have been accepted to begin with in all of these multiple languages. and like you said You know, Korean singers and k-pop is huge now, you know, and it's
1: the it, internet The internet
0: yeah. has made it so
1: that I mean like slowly but surely people are figuring out how to make their own businesses with their music without having to be a part of a label I mean, yeah, it's still great to like have a label because they have access to Jimmy and Steven and all these like late night shows, like all the press things that you want. But really, you could blow up from just putting your song on Spotify nowadays, like if you get the right people circulating it. So, yeah, everything has changed and anybody can from any country can be the most popular, especially if their song matches a TikTok. (laughs) <laughs> perfectly and like works so that people will just keep using that sound over and over again um that's awesome too right like I was super against TikTok for, <laughs> for a long time and now it's just like what we're talking about though like it's able to help more global musicians get their music out there because every the sound is separate from the video for going viral and that's incredible I didn't realize until now I've spent many many hours on TikTok (laughs) that that was what was in it for musicians because people kept saying oh like figure out TikTok you should get on TikTok and I'm like that's for little kids like they're doing like vines and shit like I don't care but no it's amazing did you I'm sorry I'm like Drifting completely away. No, the, go ahead. But did you hear um, that, that Backyardigans song that got popular? I
0: heard about it. I haven't actually listened to There's,
1: it. like, two now that are, like, popular. <laughs> and I'm like, actually, these songs are written really well. And, like, is aren't there, like, famous people in, like, the that other one with all the guys that wear the turtlenecks and stuff? There's, like, actual – these people are actually musicians in the Backyardigans and – the wiggles or whatever is what i'm trying to say like they're <laughs> like really good musicians and so like these songs fit the vibe of these little videos that are going popular and so now everybody's just jamming to this stuff I, that's you know me trying to say like yeah the world is open for everybody to start their own business if they're making good music and it's
2: awesome
0: Yeah. And, you know, the talent has always been there. It's always I think it's always been just about, you know, obviously there's a little bit of luck involved in in making it big. But it's just so interesting to see somebody who has a talent who gets famous through like a viral video and then seeing their entire world just like flip over, you know?
1: Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I haven't experience i like only from afar but i've like seen like things like that up close to like that are like similar and it's crazy yeah like i hope i get to help musicians continue i would love to see up close like up real close like what happens when you go from being an independent artist to like being like the kid Leroy like friends with miley cyrus like, that's like a perfect example like he i think was from TikTok, right, or something like that? No idea.
0: I understand oh. some of the words you're saying, but not all.
1: <laughs> the that you cut out a piece of me, and now I bleed internally. Left here without you. You don't know that I've song. I got a,
0: I got a bunch of blind spots, especially <laughs> with top forty <40s>. stuff. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, no, I think he's TikTok, and like he just has that one song. Maybe he has other songs, and I haven't listened. But that's like the one, and he got signed to Justin Bieber's management company and because Miley took him with her on Jimmy Fallon because she believed in him and, like, yeah, like, that kid's life is, like, changing from one song, Um, but, I mean, hopefully now that he's, like, got all the connections with, if Justin Bieber's manager is managing him, I'm sure he'll be fine. He's going to be around, but that's cool.
0: Yeah, that's real cool. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, so you have experience managing artists and you've worked in the country music industry and how, what's up? Yes. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so how, you know, you obviously have like an insider perspective and how much has your perspective changed from being like a fan to being somebody who is, you know, making moves in the industry?
1: Um, the only reason I still do it is because I'm a huge fan <laughs> 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 otherwise it I mean like it's de- it's a job and I learned that finally maybe like in the past like <laughs> two years that um it's it's still a job and it has its ups and downs and learning things that you didn't want to know about how it really is, like, don't meet your heroes and all that stuff, like, it's totally true. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I still love it a lot. Like, and I, the reason why I love it is because I'm a fan and I get to see so many shows from backstage, which, I mean, the sound isn't as good, but the crowd is why you want to be backstage so that you can watch everybody else enjoying it. Um the, like and just like see this reflection of yourself you know and like how how music is so beautiful and it just like gives everybody this moment to when you're at a show especially right like when you're listening in your car when something bad has happened when you're at a show and you're just like surrounded by people which now we get to be again thank <laughs> god and i've been going to a lot of shows and i it just you know it's makes you cry sometimes you know like to especially like post-COVID it makes you cry to just realize what a special human experience it is to love and listen and appreciate music with other people but yeah I don't know where I, what question you asked me.
0: <laughs> no <laughs> you, you definitely you know you definitely answered it and I think that that's something that I I love listening to people talk about this is for the reason we started this podcast is just talking about why we like the music that we like, why we still listen to the music music. Like, and someone like you who works professionally in the industry, it's nice that you haven't become completely jaded from being a fan. And, and you know not that hasn't been lost on you. On some days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, for the most part, I definitely love it. And I can't – I mean, I can think of another job I'd like to do. I'd like to go to space. And I've always said that to you and I've said that to other people. And I'm manifesting it by saying it out loud on here in this podcast. But, um, yeah, no, I, I've always wanted to go to space, but not necessarily as a scientist or anything. I dream of, like, have you seen Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century? <laughs>
0: not, like, 20 years, but, yeah, I know what you're talking about.
1: I mean, I was totally affected by them. <laughs> and just to give you, like, a brief synopsis, like, she's living on a space station in 2050, and but they still listen to music from back home. And for the first time ever, they're going to have a band come up to space. Like Sync, essentially, is going to go play in space. And one person can win a contest to dance with them on stage. And <laughs> it's like an open creativity contest. Like, think of, like, I don't know if you remember when Amy's Ice Cream used to give you a paper bag to apply and tell you to do something with the paper bag, bring it back, and if we like it, we'll hire you. And there would be, like these crazy, like, airplanes hanging from the ceiling or, like, dinosaur, like, volcano situation. Like, it was, like, that for them. Like, make anything. And she made, like, this, like, life-size... Or not life-size, but, like, life-looking doll of him. And, like, she won. And But she, the movie goes off on another plot where, like, she saves the day, like, saves a space station and stuff. But honestly, like, that part of the movie, the fact that there was, like, a contest and, like, seeing abandoned space... Just something about it has always, like, stuck with me, like, super hardcore, like, her making the thing, like, people being excited to do it. Like, I was just, like, one day there might be music in space, and I have always, you know, I went to a school, that uh, elementary school that was named after um, Scobie, the challenger mm-hmm. captain who passed away in the explosion, but something about it, like, that didn't deter me. Like, I went to a space school, so we had Space Week every year, you know, <laughs> and I would just, like, I'm obsessed with space. I can't wait to kind of bring these things together. I'm just not sure in my lifetime how they're gonna fit right now, but I know like we're sending a bunch of people to Mars, you know, and we're like doing stuff more often. I uh, if you can find me on TikTok at Live Music in Space, and I also <laughs> have the Instagram, and I'm like ready for whatever happens that gets me to those two together like whether it be like throwing shows or bringing artists like up like planning their trips to space so that they can like teach like from space like and like encourage other people to you know be interested in like space travel and stuff like that so I'm sure something along those lines will be available in time
0: <laughs> yeah you know and it, it, it's funny cause, and not funny but like uh, the Challenger that was the purpose it was teachers going into space yeah. to teach from space like yeah. um i didn't realize scoby was was the the captain i knew claudia mcauliffe uh, which is another middle school or it's a middle school here in san antonio no, that was the name i remember
1: francis r dick scoby it's always funny when you're in elementary school and the sign outside says dick on it <laughs> 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 we're all just doing it but um yeah no i that's that's part of i i wrote an essay at one time like where i talked about that how uh she didn't make it um the teacher in space Mm -hmm. but i would it doesn't deter me i love what she was trying to do and i think that we should still take the risk to do it
0: for sure so there's a really interesting um this is going on a huge tangent but i i think it's interesting (laughs) to note there is this video i watched talking about what went wrong with the challenger and it was essentially a bunch of little mistakes that all just added up Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it goes through so many different people and they realize that there is a margin of error of like 0.001%. And they're like, that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And they do to the next level. And like, oh, now it's increased to 0.005. And it kept on increasing to the point where like all these little mistakes just kept on adding up. And it's one of those things that we think, the whole moral of like the, the video itself was just talking about how we think that these things are, are innocuous and they're not going to affect anything, but they can have like huge damaging effects you know obviously that led to the challenger exploding there's a lot of other stuff you know that occurred too but it's just it's just so wild to think about these things that are that feel so so minor and actually having huge consequences
1: yeah i mean that's why they stopped flying those shuttles and now they have this new thing that's called the orion and it the i forget what the rockets are that take it up there but it's like supposed to like It works differently. I'm not a scientist. I don't try to be, but I do go (laughs) to the space center, like, pretty frequently (laughs) by myself, like a nerd. Anytime I'm in Houston, I just stop by. But, um, yeah, no, like, apparently, they fixed it. We'll find out. I know they had that, the Virgin flight a couple years back that Lady Gaga was supposed to actually go up there, and I was, like, kind of pissed. Like, (laughs) I was, I mean, like, she is, like, a very, like, outer space artist that I mean, cool. I wanted to be a part of it, so I guess I was just <laughs> upset it was happening, like, too soon. But uh, those that were, like, more like airplanes, I think, from Virgin did blow up, like, the test flights. So they ended up, like, not doing it. Now Elon's completely in charge with his SpaceX thing. So yeah, hopefully they won't. I don't think they have any of his haven't blown up. Well,
0: if that's the case, Grimes is probably gonna be the first up there.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean like but she's just making sounds. <laughs> right? Is she saying words? <laughs> I can't tell. I will
0: say I saw her at Fun 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 Fest in like twenty twelve and I wasn't on drugs by any means. I wasn't inhibited with anything. I wasn't drunk or anything and it was a pretty wild show.
1: No, I bet she's amazing, honestly. <laughs> um because we play we played her at Urban Outfitters. All day, every day, <laughs> so I know a lot of her songs, and I just, you know, am making fun of her lightly. I do think that she has, a, uh, I mean, a certain, she's a, her own thing, right? Like, she's her own kind of spacey thing, and she manifested those yeah. sounds into a uh, space boyfriend, husband, baby daddy that going to take her to space, so, I mean... I'm sure she'll be the first, but there, there's going to be a lot of opportunity in the future. And I can't wait for when people actually like start flying to space to like film music videos and stuff like that, like to have like the zero gravity and like do per, like performances the way you would expect a performance like on VH1 or something like that. But from space, when that happens, it's gonna be cool. I mean, that guy, I forget his name. I like Knew it at one point, but the guy who was like covering Bowie up in space and like filming music videos and just like having like, he had like a music Wednesday thing where he would like play songs everywhere. But like nobody, it wasn't being promoted by NASA because they were like already planning on shutting the whole thing down anyways. It's not like they were putting money into making a bigger thing out of that for him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, eventually that's going to happen again when hopefully Elon makes it safe (laughs) for us to go up there put all our trust in him
0: <laughs> um so i, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit since you're talking about disney and i think disney at that time was really good about like influencing the future because a lot of people of our generation grew up obviously on like the disney channel original movies mm-hmm. and, and things like that and and now there's i mean uh, what's her name olivia rodrigo is from a disney show and she's got a new album out that is like really taking the wave with. Millennial culture,
1: yeah, um, they love they love the Riot Girls type thing. I mean, it reminds me of Lindsay Lohan. I already told you that. I
0: yeah, think. no, that's why I wanted to bring it up because because there was it Pink Slip is what they were called from yeah. Freaky Friday, but
1: she had her own album Speak, Lindsay Lohan. Um, and there's it was just um it was pre, Avril Lavigne, and it was post, the guys starting to do stuff like that. Like I think I liked um simple plan before avril lavigne but they opened for her anyways because <laughs> she was on a label you know what i mean so yeah. like um and i have like i still have my orange vans that were signed by simple plan oh, at yeah. her concert because she didn't go out to do autographs but of course they did um but yeah i i think it's really popular. We talked about the Lindas, too. Like yeah, the Linda Lindas. Linda Lindas. Um, the Riot Girl thing is just, like, real in right now. But, yeah, no, if it had been another style of music, would she have been so accepted? Driver's License blew up anyway. Yeah. And that's not like that. And
0: that's what's wild about that, because that was the first song I heard. That was her first, like, big single. And I...
1: I think... Yeah, go ahead. It's
0: <laughs> greatly written. I think the lyrics are very... For as young as she was when she wrote it, it's just very... Hard to believe, hard to believe yeah <laughs> um but the fact that you know they this, this opening track on her album brutal and that song uh, good for you good for you sounds. everyone talks about how it sounds like paramore but brutal sounds like the breeders or like 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 you said like the riot girl scene and it's just so wild that that's coming from the same person and i i just it makes me feel good in the sense that there's no way disney people were like hey you should put out a Riot Girl song. There's no way that that was, like,
1: no, advocated to her. No, I disagree with you. You think,
0: you, don't, you think so?
1: I disagree because Miley had already started, like, doing that kind of stuff before, and they saw the success of a lot of... Uh, sh- you know, Miley was, like, on the top... She was the top rock album being sold for, like, how long? Maybe, like, 40 weeks or 50 weeks? Like, forever. Like, yeah. And... I would guess that you're wrong. <laughs> and I would I would guess that they were like maybe this album will also be at the top if they're rock songs it can be at the top of this and we like that because that's cool.
0: I like, no I definitely agree with you there, but the rock song the rock sound in general is such a wide spectrum to where Miley's doing a little bit more like classic stuff classic mm-hmm. rock stuff and she did oh, her her Blondie cover was great. And everything she's done, everything she's put out in the last couple of years has been great, but it's a little bit more of like like classic arena rock type. And for I I, I just it just blows my mind to think. I mean, but then again, millennials are kind of in charge now. They're the ones making these decisions. They're the ones who are publicists. They're the ones who are. So maybe maybe it's someone who was like you know I I really like Hole. Let's let's you should put out a song that sounds like Hole, you know, or garbage, you know, and 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 the fact that that. It's become so successful. Um, it makes me feel good, but also it's just it's just so interesting to see like the industry making that shift a yeah, little bit. No,
1: I'm all about it. I really, I do think that they saw, and not just Miley. Like I give her a lot of credit for everything in my life, but <laughs> um, you know. It's just, in to me, it seems natural. Like, it's, I've seen it skewing in that direction for a little while, and I then I just thought, like, when Miley, because Miley obviously, like, stole those vibes from somebody else because she, I mean, she's a busy girl. Like, she's, she's transcendent, and she's with the zeitgeist, and she knows what's going on, and she will grab something and, like, run with it when she, it feels like it's her. But, I mean, like, I'm sure, like, she saw the signs, too, and that's what put her in that direction but she i mean she also we, we all like a lot of different kinds of music why hasn't uh, miley made a country album yet she's going to i'm sure i've heard from inside sources that you know <laughs> it was coming like in the next like two years that they imagined she's been talking about it but who knows if that's true or not um but yeah no i think it was headed in this direction for a little while and i think disney saw that and is profiting off <laughs> of it um I like her voice. I think she's cute. I don't know if I've seen her talk, though. I don't think like, so either. So I, it's yet to be seen, like whether or not she's down. <laughs> but, but you know, it's interesting. It's like is 16, that right? I don't like
0: like Demi Lovato's favorite band is Killswitch Engage, and I remember learning that cool. about. Like she was talking about that when she was she she was on Camp Rock, right? yeah that was after my time in disney but like her she loves like kill switching gaze. i know like uh, selena gomez has talked about like liking metalcore Mm -hmm. which is so wild at the time that was like 10 12 years ago you know but they weren't making music like that so i think you're right maybe it just has come full circle and it's leaning towards that you know And, Mm -hmm. and this was inevitable but it's just so wild that like there have always been disney stars who have had those kinds of influences i mean How could you be a teenager in the aughts without, like, listening to, like, metalcore or, like, emo, third-wave emo to an extent, you know?
1: Yeah, no, it's, like, it's hard because, like, I guess, like, people, the audience, like, and Disney used to think, like, or we all used to think that you couldn't, like, if you're, for example, like, country artists, like, they want to see a country show or maybe Selena's audience, like, they want to see, like, Tahano, like they want to hear you sing in Spanish but I feel like what we're seeing like nowadays is that everybody's like everybody's a mixture of everything like what we've been talking about earlier and I think now that the artists can do they have more room wiggle room for trying things out with social media and like they can like be covering songs on their live and stuff like that and try something out and they start to see who their audience actually is and that starts to open their world up to trying out new things you know for when, sure one of the things that i was thinking about recently like well caitlin i work with this artist Caitlyn butts who's amazing and i love her and i hope she listens to this but um she we talked the other day about her doing a paramore cover like and she was super into it and like i don't know if um people would i feel like you kind of would know that caitlin likes more than country music talking to her singing seeing her sing but um i think if we, I hope we get it together before you release this or before any of her fans probably are not going to listen to this. But, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, like doing things like that, exciting things like that, where like she's going to, she wants to play a paramour song at what is a quote unquote country show. And like, but that helps more people to like her because everybody's not just one thing. Like, yeah. I feel like in the past, people were afraid of, like, I don't want people to know that Demi Lovato likes kill switch engage like her (laughs) labels like protecting everybody like don't say that at interviews but like nowadays like she's you know probably on live just like every other artist and like starting to like see people to respond to her in real time that yeah they love like I love Demi Lovato sometimes and I also love you know Lil Wayne I don't know like you can get further than that you know I love Willie Nelson or something like that but yeah I don't know
0: yeah, and you know, it's, it's interesting you bring it up just because I mean, we talked about Casey Musgraves and, and her her influence, she kind of wears, like, it's pretty obvious she has a wide spectrum of influence. And her ex-husband, um, Rustin Kelly, put out a an emo cover, a country emo cover album. Have you heard Dirt Emo, Volume 1?
1: Yeah, no, I'm familiar.
0: <laughs> so he covers Saves the Day, Blink-182. Uh, he does a really beautiful cover of Helena by My Chemical Romance, and it's so haunting but it just sounds red
1: when did this come out before the album black star or after
0: i'm not sure i think it was late 2019 maybe early 2020 okay.
1: so i haven't heard it to be honest with you but i've he's had the dirt emo shirt since before oh yeah that, i think <laughs> like that's just like the genre he's g- it's a giving vibe. Himself. And no i love i love the adding we should have a whole podcast where we just like come up with names of genres, Dirt Emo, <laughs> Barn emo is one that I used to use a lot. The y- alternative, <laughs> Copy Mart, Chisholm Burnett. Um, <laughs> we had that on a shirt at my old label. Um, it was like our favorite thing to call the genre that we were trying to create with like Americana country people. But, um, you know what? I, I was going to talk to you about this. Like, uh, Do you like, you like that also, because you used to come up with a bunch of names too, right?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's jokey, but it's, it's not taken seriously, but it's also, sometimes you have to, like, mash up different things just to, like, help, if you're telling somebody about a song, you don't, you can't show them the song, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, it sounds like, you know, like, mall emo, punk country, hardcore, you know, like, it's, it's so stupid to say out loud, but. Sometimes it just fits, you know? Yeah,
1: I mean, like, it's clever, and also, nowadays, there's so many, like, we're talking about, like, mashups and meshes yeah. of different genres. It's clever, it's funny, it's, like, also sp- specific, and I think other people will hop on to the Dirt Emo. I know that Caitlin likes that a lot. She, she wants to be considered <laughs> that eventually, Um but, yeah, no, I was watching Clueless and I just, like, real quick, like, heard a line that, like, I, I've watched that movie a bunch of times and I've never, um, it never popped out to me that she's just like, oh, Paul, like, because Paul read, like, he's not cool. Like, he likes, compl- he listens to Complaint Rock. <laughs> Do you remember that part? Yeah. I never knew until recently that, that I loved it. I'm like, why don't we, nobody talks about any of those bands like Gin Blossoms or, I think it also put like Marcy's Playground and um, Natal- Natalie and Bruglia. When I looked up what complaint rock was, that's like what Google <laughs> was telling me. I was like, yes, this is perfect. <laughs> like when you talk about like '90s pop or '90s rock, and you're like assuming like everybody like, but that. You know, you're assuming everybody will know that that's what you're talking about. But like that specifies it even more in just like a perfect way because they are complaining like in all of those songs. And I I love it. For sure. More subgenres,
0: please. There was a party (laughs) I was at with Dom in college and these guys from D.C. It was in Austin. These guys from D.C. were there and they were really nice. But Dom started talking about something about a band. I can't remember what band it was. (laughs) And the guy's like, I've never heard of that band. I'm like, oh yeah, they're kind of like mallcore. He's like, what is mallcore? Like he thought it was like seriously, like that was a thing. And he, I could, I think like he was making fun of me. Like the music
1: you'd hear in a mall is yeah. <laughs> 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 this is like like
0: Blackville Veil Brides is mallcore to me. Hot Topic core is what I said actually, not mallcore. Hot Topic core, you know, it's just like some shit you'd buy at a shirt at a Hot Topic. You yeah, know? no, I love it but uh he was like blown away by it in the sense that he was like mocking me. I'm like, I'm not serious, man. Like I'm not a fucking dork. I mean I am, but like not in this sense.
1: That's why I don't go on his podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so we're uh we're coming full circle here, uh bringing it back to Selena <laughs> some way. Um do you have any last words you want to say about uh, Selena Avis about Selena in general?
1: Um Selena's amazing and we should all cover more of her songs because it's in Spanish and it's scary, but it was worth it. <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, you're awesome. Thank you so much for being on. Do you have anything you want to plug?
1: Um, n- you should check out my artist. I'm managing this new artist, Caitlin Buds and, She just put out a new song, How Lucky Am I, back in February. Um, We're still promoting that, but we have a new surprise release that's going to be coming out in August. She just got back her album, um, Mastered, and so we are working on the release for that. So you can probably expect to see her touring early um, next year, 2022, on that new album. And it has a bunch of great songs that, you know, Whenever I first met her, um, she was playing a song that she wrote about her dad, and it's funny because it's Father's Day today, they were telling me I don't even fucking know because I don't have a dad, but um, I do have a dad, and I feel the same way uh, that she's written a lot of her songs about her dad, and I haven't been able to do that personally, so I kind of feel close to her in that way, and I'm really excited for this album because all those songs that I heard her play when I first met her like four years ago, she still hasn't Put out until now. Me with her, like it was waiting for the right time. I had always been busy managing other artists and wasn't able to work with her the way that I can right now, and that she needed me to write at the right time to put out these songs for her. So, very very excited to be a part of that with Miss Caitlin Butts. And so, yes, please check her out. And it's yet to be seen whether or not I'll be (laughs) releasing my own music, but I like I said and getting these calluses today maybe I'll keep them going I don't know
0: <laughs> yeah I definitely hope so cool uh, coming up next we've got Kat covering Si Una Vest by Selena
2: yo dedito me conoces ni lo que es amar Yo Me puse después a tus pies Y tan solo con disfuerzo me has pegado Pero ahora de yay, yay. Si una vez dije que te amaba Hoy me arrepiento Si una vez dije que te amaba No sé lo que